Take off the blazer, loosen up the tie, step inside the booth. Mr. Monday's alive. You're listening to the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. This is the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. I think we got the new, the old school number back, 773-591-1690, 773-591-1690. You don't know how long it took me. I, I still don't remember the 312 number. I have to write it down every single week to be able to remember it. But I'm, I had been saying 1690 for such a long time. So I'm glad the number's finally back. 773-591-1690 is the number. Give me a call. I want to hear from you. We got a phenomenal show lined up for you, for you today. Coming up at 935, we have an entrepreneur, entrepreneur and author, uh, Mr. Isaiah Jackson. He's the author of a book entitled Bitcoin and Black America. We're going to talk a little bit about Bitcoin. A lot of conversations, especially with millennials, about Bitcoins and, and going to get into that and cryptocurrency and learn a little bit more and hopefully on um, pull back the veil uh, on that particular topic. And then coming up around 920, we have Mr. Maurice Williams, Vice President, Economic Development for the Chicago Community Loan Fund, going to talk about um, finances or resources that are available for entrepreneurs who've been impacted adversely by COVID-19. So sit back, relax, and let yourself go. Call your friend. Let them know that Mr. Monday's on the air. The show is called the Urban Business Roundtable. It's a show dedicated to the creation and growth of the urban entrepreneur and small business owner. We have three primary goals here on UBR or the Urban Business Roundtable. One, to de- redefine the word urban and to help the urban community leverage their purchasing power. Two, to be a resource for the creation, sustaining, and growth of small businesses and entrepreneurship. And three, to provide small business owners and entrepreneurs access to capital and opportunities to grow their businesses. You can listen to the Urban Business Roundtable live every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. and a condensed recap on Wednesdays uh, at 8.30 a.m. and then Thursdays at 6.05 p.m. And so before we get into the show, i got to get thanks what thanks is due. I want to say thank you again, God, for all that you do. And I try to give you different nuggets that get dropped in my spirit throughout the week to share with you as a way for us to grow together and be edified together. And this one has to do with anxiety and worrying. I mean, one thing that this pandemic uh, will do to you, it'll make you worry. I mean, you worry about your own health. You worry about the health of those you love. If you have an elderly parent, uh, now when you hear reports out in New York, you hear how uh, the virus has been impacting um, little kids and uh, the, the, the younger generation. So you worry about that. Uh, you worry about your job. If you will be able to go back to work, uh, well, you worry about if if you're going to be laid off. And if you get laid off, will you be able to go back to work? Will that job be there? If you're an entrepreneur, you worry about your business. You worry about um, the, your life's work going down the drain and, and how can you avoid losing everything. I mean, just worry, 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 worry. And I know it's it's easier said than done to tell you not to worry. But, but trust me, believe, again, that worrying and having anxiety uh, about the thing you're worrying about does nothing but create like a, a slow death and do it does more harm than good. You know, there's a great saying that the birds and the bees of the earth um, go about their daily business and they don't worry about anything, but yet and still they're taken care of. And I got to imagine, and I know definitively that we're held in the higher esteem than those same birds and those same bees. And so we should equally have confidence that uh, we'll also be taken care of. Now I'm not, you know, saying or advocating being complacent or not planning or not being strategic thinking in mind and forward thinking in mind. I'm just saying that that where it gets to the realm of that, you're always thinking about 
this thing or it's keeping you up at night uh, and, and you're just worrying about a situation, gotta let it go. Because at the end of the day, worrying is not going to help us. We can't change it. So that's a little nugget uh, that got dropped in my spirit this week and I want to share with you. You can always follow me on all social media platforms. That's Curtis R. Monday on Facebook. That's uh, C. Monday on IG. Uh, that's on YouTube. You can subscribe to the Curtis R. Monday YouTube channel uh, and then subscribe to the Curtis R. Monday podcast. I want to say good morning to the team that makes up uh, our great core here on the Urban Business Roundtable. We have Mighty Titus on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Titus. How you doing? Good morning, Curtis. How are you doing? I'm good, Mighty Titus. And I want to say good morning to Sonya Levon. Yeah, that's right. She didn't answer. You know why? Because she's not in the studio, Titus. <laughs> she's not in the studio. Sonya Levon always leaves me and Titus to do the heavy lifting. Always, 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 always. But nah, seriously speaking, Sonya Levon producer she does a great job phenomenal job thank you for uh what you do you know i had a couple of revelations this week as i you know kind of thought about you know what's kind of going on with covid and you have to if, if you're anything like me um this situation can be tough i mean i have days where like i feel like i have my superpowers where i feel like curtis are monday and i'm ready to conquer the world and i i'm feel creative and motivated and i have days where you know hell i don't want to do anything like it's the, 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 it just like this cloud of depression just comes and I have to, it's a daily battle. It's up and down. And during those times, I try to find different things to kind of keep me busy and keep my mind occupied to uplift my spirits. Most times it's playing with my son chance. That always makes me feel better. Uh, other times though, it's Ben's watching, uh, on, um, uh, like Netflix and I try to watch different movies and I felt and got in one of my moods yesterday and watched one of the movies. I think I saw, I uh, watched John Henry on Netflix and I watched it in an attempt to make me feel better. And it only made me feel worse because it was absolutely horrible, horrible, horrible. Gave me, um, uh, encouraged me as an entrepreneur that hell you could put a half, a half baked product out there and still make some money out of it. <laughs> Cause I don't know what the hell they was thinking with this movie and why I got some money, why I got on Netflix. I mean, horrible. And I was, you know, I'd support the brothers, Terry Crews, Terry Crews and Ludacris. I support them, but my goodness, it was, ah, uh, it was painful. So, so yeah, but you know, again, so you, you find yourself in, in this tough situation where you're always, uh, you can be up and down. So you just got to try to stay focused. And what helps me with my focus is as an entrepreneur, trying to be solution oriented and helping individuals, um, make the most out of their situations and give advice. And so, Again, insurance is always my bread and butter. That's always, you know, what I uh, hang my hat on in addition to real estate. Let me just give you some tips that, that, that'll help you as uh, things kind of go on. So like the, the, the other day we had some heavy rains and people were impacted by the heavy rains, right? And what tends to happen when you have a storm, the next day, these public adjusters show up in your neighborhood. And the conversation goes a little bit like this. They knock on your door and they say, hey, Titus, you know, uh, my name is John from ABC Construction. And I'm stopping by because we help your neighbor. Uh, yes, we help your neighbor and put a new roof on your neighbor's house. And we're, you know, helping people on your, on your block get new roofs and we can help you out. And all you got to do is just sign this document and we can get things started. And what makes the situation even worse is that your neighbor, you know, if he or she has agreed to it, you know, they're getting their roof work, worked on, they're smiling and they're happy and you're feeling like, well, damn, I need to get my roof fixed too. And so what happens is you sign this piece of paper and this public adjuster 
uh, takes a piece of paper and then you get your roof fixed and you think everything is hunky dory. But unbeknownst to you, what happens is that this public adjuster uh, takes that piece of paper and what you just did, you signed over the right for them to negotiate on your behalf with your insurance company. And so they call your insurance company and then they process or file the claim on your behalf. Now for you, all you really care about, you know, from your perspective is the roof getting fixed. But on the back end, what this third party is doing, they're driving up the costs of your insurance claim. So whereas a claim may, the claim may have, you know, probably cost, you know, $10,000 hypothetically for a roof. When they get through, you could be looking at eighteen or nineteen thousand because they've added in their different fees and costs of doing business. And so, what that does to you, once you get your roof fixed, you have this claim on your record, and your claim history looks terrible. Uh, and eventually, the insurance company may take action against you and drop you, etc., because you got this claim on your record. So, the moral of the story is: be leery of these individuals. Right? You know, when they come, you know, thank you, but no thanks. If you really feel that you got damage to your roof, then what you want to do is go get you a couple of estimates, contact, contact your own contractors, get two or three of them, right? And have them come out and assess your roof. And you want to get two or three because one that helps eliminate price gouging, right? So, so someone won't give you, you know, the, 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 you know, a, a crazy price and you just kind of go with it. You get two or three independent individuals. It kind of gives you a perspective as to what the, uh, you know, what the true cost is. Uh, and then two, you understand that, you know, it's a source or a resource that you chose versus the public adjuster just kind of coming to you and kind of taking advantage of you. Also, don't always go with the cheapest price. Uh, we are so motivated when it comes to like price. And, and I get it. I mean, that's the essence of, you know, uh, what we do. We want to get something that for a dollar that has the value of two dollars. Right. That makes sense. I get it. But trust me, insurance is not one of them things that you want to buy on price and price alone. And I get it. I know that you think insurance is the same from company to company. It doesn't matter. Let me just take a look. We got to stop doing that. You got to dig deeper than just the price. I'm not saying, you know, you know, do business with someone where their, their product is priced, you know, just out outside the market and just outside the realm of, of, of logic. What I'm saying, though, stop letting that be price. Stop letting price be the sole number one criteria as to as to why um, you make a decision in respect to insurance and just business overall, taking consideration the quality of the company, the quality of their work. What kind of warranties are they giving you? What are their reviews? What kind of things have you heard from other individuals? Can you trust the individuals? Will, they, will their product sustain itself and be there for you when you actually need it? These are some things you want to take in consideration when you're making a business transaction. But so, many, so often we get caught up just on, uh, on the price, and, and it comes back to really, really bite us, on, uh, bite us in the butt. And so take it from me. Don't do it. That's my little tip for today. Call my office, the Curtis R. Monday Insurance Agency at 708-647-1005. That's 708-647-1005. We're going to take a quick break. At 935, we have entrepreneur Isaiah Jackson going to talk about the, uh, the black community and bitcoins. And coming up right after the break, uh, we're going to be joined by Mr. Maurice Williams, Vice President of Economic Development uh, for Chicago Community Loan Fund. You're listening to Curtis R. Monday here on the Urban Business Roundtable. Welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Call me at 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. Coming up uh, shortly, we have entrepreneur and author, 
Uh, Isaiah Jackson will be joining us to talk about Bitcoins and how Bitcoins and uh, the black community uh, are kind of working hand in hand and why we should be aware of it. Uh, but I want to welcome to the, the, the show uh, our, our next guest, uh, Mr. Maurice Williams. He's the Vice President of Economic Development uh, at Chicago Community Loan Fund with over 27 years of experience in community economic development and consulting. He's provided leadership in a variety of community development initiatives, strategic financial management activities, and business development projects that required acti- active community outreach and an ongoing public participation. Good morning to you, Mr. Williams. How you doing, sir? Good morning, Curtis. Right. Good. How are you, sir? I can't complain. Thank you for being uh, a guest this morning on the Urban Business Roundtable. Um, Mr. Williams, for those who aren't familiar with the Chicago Community Loan Fund, please tell us a little bit more about, about the institution. Yes, we are a 29-year-old CDFI, which is a community development financial institution. We're essentially a not-for-profit lending intermediary, intermediary, and we're located uh, downtown Chicago. We provide um, low-interest, low-cost, flexible capital to a variety of uh, project opportunities throughout the Cook County region and the six counties. Sure. How how has the recent pandemic impacted you guys and, and your work? I know a lot of entrepreneurs, especially on the real estate side, who uh, utilize funds to do projects that are predicated upon crowdfunding and things of that nature have, have, have had some trouble. How has the, the pandemic impacted you guys and what you do in the lending space? Absolutely. Uh, it's impacted us uh, somewhat, but we are still lending uh, during this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So that's a good thing. We have not close our doors. We are still actively seeking out uh, loan opportunities. We are doing a ton of technical assistance. So that's one way it's impacted us. Uh, It's allowed us to serve our community uh, businesses, our community not-for-profits, small-scale real estate firms, social entrepreneurs, uh, community retailers, and small businesses more with technical assistance, uh, walking them through the federal programs that are available, the state programs, the city programs, or the local programs. And it's allowed us to, believe it or not, Curtis, get a little closer to the needs of our customer base uh, in the Chicago region. So we're helping even more, uh, not only with the loans that we have, but with the expertise and technical assistance that we can offer. Sure. I mean, that's a phenomenal thing. I think that the more that the our institutions in our community can intimately know the entrepreneurs that's also doing business in that community. It just makes it uh, a better overall. It has tremendous positive impact for the overall economic um, environment in that local community. You know, there are certain guests that I have, Mr. Williams, when I read their bios, I have to read like three or four times, like, damn, this dude is smart. And that's how that's how it was when I read. So I'm like, man, this dude is smart. So I had to read it like I had to really, really read it. And even though we're going to talk about the the partnership that's kind of going on with the city of Chicago with COVID, I'll be remiss if after reading your bio that if I didn't dig into these next two questions. And as I read your bio and I formulated these next two questions, it was like, okay, how do I really ask this question correctly? So I'm gonna take my my a stab at it. So my first yeah, question sure. after reading your bio. Uh, it's more in the respect of a line, more in the lines of growth and development. Like most entrepreneurs, tend to, in my opinion, a lot of times we're one trick ponies, right? If we have a um, barbershop in in Roseland, well, we just own that barbershop in Roseland. I also, in addition to insurance, I do real estate, so I own property in Roseland. But yeah. I have no 
consciousness or no idea about what's going on in the broader community in respect to initiatives, economic development, planning. I have no connection to the larger organism in which my entity, my soul entity um, lies. And in in reality, I'm essentially a stakeholder, but I'm not connected to the conversation or the the, the planning that exists in my community. How do entrepreneurs grow and develop to go from their one thing that they do to being connected into the conversations and the development of the larger community? Yes. Oh, excellent question, Curtis. I appreciate you asking me that and and the compliment on my uh, experience and resume. I I know you do phenomenal work as well, serving, um, you know, insurance and and other products in the South Burbs and and other things that you've done over your career. So so coming from you, I I am humbled and I appreciate that compliment. So the, the thing that I learned a long time ago, probably over almost 40 years ago now, is that People give to people. People invest in other people. Uh, so when you're doing fundraising and when you are venturing out on your own as an entrepreneur to start a business or to be a stakeholder in a particular place or in a project, don't think about that project as an isolated uh, island opportunity for your expertise and your risk sharing. Think about that as a place where other people will transgress, where other people will meet, where other people will join up, where other people will be your neighbors. So when people think about investing in things, they don't necessarily look at the place all the time or the project that you're doing, but they want to get to know the people behind the project. Uh, So when you're fundraising, for example, and you go to MacArthur or to Ford Foundation or even the federal government, they want to get to know who you are as a person uh, who's requesting these funds to further your cause. They don't always want to know your, your exit and O's, your numbers, your balance sheet, your, your bottom line. So in order to get to that equation, you got to step out and learn how to network. You got to step out and learn how to pick up the phone and, and call a competitor and say, Hey, you know, uh, you're charging this for a product. I'm charging that, you know, how can we figure this out better in order to draw more people to the street or to the block or to the corridor as opposed to competing and driving people away? Uh, you got to touch down with your local chamber of commerce, your business uh, development association. There's a lot, lots of good ones across the city. You got to check in with your alder person if you're in the city of Chicago and ask him or her, you know, what are your plans in your four-year tenure uh, as an older person, uh, how can I assist you? What can my business help you with? And then if you don't want to take, you know, a leadership role in these things, like lots of people do, then go to those folks and say, how can I help you? You know, how can I serve your, not campaign, but how can I serve your your position in the community and be a better stakeholder myself? Join the local board, uh, uh, go to the local library and, and uh, uh, you know, volunteer there a couple of days a month. I guarantee you will run into lots of people that you didn't know were there and uh, can help you build the bridges from the community and connect them to your project or your business, because that's what it's all about, understanding who you are in the midst of a greater movement that's going on. So sometimes, believe it or not, Curtis, it's not all about us. Uh, it's about other people. 
But I got into this business, I got into the world of community development through the eyes of a Christian uh, community development corporation in Roseland on the south side of the city who taught me first how to be a servant leader. Hmm. And then that helped me become the business uh, development person that I am today. Wow. Great, great answer. I appreciate that. As again, yes, as, I, as I read your bio and I, and I, I dug in a little bit deeper, the, the second question that came to mind was one of uh, awareness and opportunity. And the best way I can post my question is give you an example of a conversation I just had with a colleague. So I'm a real mm-hmm. estate, I'm a real estate investor. I have a goal to get 50 doors. My motivation is to leave the, the doors and to leave the business, the properties to um, my 16th month old son when he becomes a man. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. In this COVID environment, the model in terms of how I used to find projects and fund them has shifted. So now I started to kind of look at multi-unit, uh, multi-family properties, you know, 14, 15 unit properties and learning exactly how to cut my, my teeth in that arena. So I'm talking to a colleague and we're kind of talking about it and he elevates the conversation and he started to talk to me about syndication. Right. He yeah. started talking to me yeah. about apartment syndication and how yeah. how he, you can be able to exponentially increase your investment opportunity by using this this form or this form of business called syndication. And mm-hmm. I listened to him for about 30 or 40 minutes, Mr. Williams, in in, in awe and in, yeah. in awe just by the level of conversation. And then the conversation elevated from syndication to talking about this need to create a fund. And he talked yes. about the, the groups, the Carlisle group and other groups that actually have a fund to do this. And yes. I was blown away by the sophistication of the conversation. And I just happened to stumble upon it, which brings me to my question. Entrepreneurs, a lot of times we hit a ceiling, right? In terms of our development, like we do what we do and if we just sit, right? And it's only through like luck or happenstance that we tend to break the ceiling and be exposed to these topics that allow us to do business on a larger scale in a grander fashion. It might not be an easy question, but how do, how do I, what what would be your advice for entrepreneurs looking to elevate their level of expertise and grow and using that example, I just gave you as a backdrop. No, no, no. Excellent example. Um, I hate to use cliches, but I think this one fits the answer or part of it fits the answer very well. And that is, it takes a village to raise a child. So I think in black and brown communities, uh, Mr. Monday, uh, we forget that when we get where we are or where we find ourselves to be, we can't only look forward on where we're trying to go. We have to look backwards and around us, left and right of us, to find out who is not coming along with us or who has aspirations to move in the same path that we either have created for ourselves or other people help us create for ourselves. And I think that what you're saying is is syndication, uh, building a fund is all about collectively drawing funds in so that you share risk, leverage capital to take you to the next level which also means the the capital and the expertise. So uh, no single entity or no single person can do that on their own. They have to have other resource providers and partners willing to put their equity uh, and trade secrets, because this is the key part to answer your question, trade secrets on the table in order to help you advance to where you're trying to go 
so that they can continue to advance the direction they're going in. Um, black and brown people, people who have aspirations to do uh, greater things in life, regardless of what it is, but since we're talking about real estate and finance, we have to find ways to figure out how our village needs to raise the, the, the ones coming up. So I can tell you how I do that uh, to help the example more real. So when I started my career and got all of this information poured into this vessel, and again, I'm a Christian uh, servant leader now, as I'm getting all this stuff poured into me, I'm trying to figure out ways how I could poke holes in the bottom of my bucket so that it can flow right out of me and I can be a vessel to give it to other people. So I began to teach uh, the lessons that I was learning right away to other entrepreneurs, other small businesses, not-for-profits, and, and uh, homeowners. So I started to teach concepts, and then I grew that into teaching at the collegiate level as an adjunct professor. And then I began to do other things in the educational space, which I still do today. Then I started a consulting practice that allowed me to reach even further uh, uh, with that level of expertise into communities around the country, actually, as well as here in the Chicagoland region. And then I land at Chicago Community Loan Fund and learn at a very high level all of the financial aspects that you just talked about. And now we're doing that, giving it away, if you will, in our technical assistance uh, program. So we offer, you know, on a monthly basis, a variety of topic, topical discussions. And, and, and we drill down deep with entrepreneurs in this space. Uh, and then lastly, I'm a part of several different business associations. Some of these are pretty high level, some are medium and community uh, level as well, where I serve on boards and do other things. So I'm trying as one entrepreneur with a host and a base of experience to give that back across these different platforms. We need to find more leaders willing and able to do such in order to bring everybody along who's willing uh, into that lane. Uh, that's just some of my uh, ideas on that. Uh, we could talk about all the other issues on the full show if you like. But, uh, uh, and I'd love to just do that with you on the side because uh, you seem like to be a very astute brother, which I appreciate. Well, I appreciate you. And and I'm going to make a promise to you right now. We're going to we're gonna have to uh, – our conversation went into a whole other realm because, again, when I yes, read sir. your bio, I go, he has a lot of knowledge. We need to talk about this stuff. So I want to make sure that Sonia, the producer, reaches back out and gets you back on again so we can talk a little bit more in depth about the fund. But can you can you briefly give our listener audience information about the initiative you guys are partnering with, with the city of Chicago, in respect to entrepreneurs and COVID-19? Yes. So we, we're involved with the city's uh, resiliency program. Um, we're actively uh, administering the program with the city of Chicago where they offer um, – low interest loans uh, up to five years, which is 60 months for applicants uh, due to COVID-19. And you could receive uh, a loan up to $50,000. And the interest rate is uh, 1% for the first 18 months. And then after that, the rate increases to five and three quarter percent for the duration of the loan. The repayment structure is the interesting thing about this particular program. So it's called the Chicago Small Business Resiliency Fund that the city of Chicago has out there right now. So if you do take out a loan of $50,000 and, and for the first up to six months, you only pay $10 on the monthly principal 
for the account. And then month seven through 12, you pay interest only of monthly payments. And then month 13 and thereafter, the principal and the interest kicks in. So it's a very flexible structure to uh, allow the small business owner or uh, not-for-profit to be able to get back on their feet. Uh, there are uh, some caveats to it. The, the working capital, at least 50% of it, uh, has to be applied to your payroll. So the goal of this is to make sure you maintain your payroll. Uh, your workforce uh, has to maintain at a 50% level um, uh, as well as you're doing that. And you'd like to see that come from the city of Chicago. To be, re be a required for it, you have to have less than 50 employees. 50% 50 of them have to be Chicago residents because it's a Chicago fund. Uh, you have to have less than $3 million of uh, gross annual revenues on your business before COVID-19. Uh, and you have to have a decrease of at least 25% in those revenues in order to qualify. Okay. Um, and then you you uh, have to have been in uh, business for at least a year. So you, you can apply for this uh, uh, at any time on the city of Chicago's website. Uh, and, and then we at CCLF will be the administrator of the program where we pull down a certain amount of the equity from their fund. Uh, I think we have about five million, or about ten million dollars that we're responsible for of uh, underwriting and getting out of the door. So uh, you can go directly to uh, connecttocapital.com. Connect c o n n e c t the number two capital.com to apply for Chicago uh, Small Business Resiliency Fund through the city of Chicago. Absolutely. Phenomenal information. Mr. Williams, we appreciate you. We're going to put you on hold. I'll make sure that uh, the board operator, Titus, uh, gets you my information so let's you and I connect and continue to work and keep up the great work, sir. God bless. Oh, God bless you too, Curtis. And then just one last thing. We do have a full COVID-19 resource guide on our website, www.chicagoccllfchicago.org, cclfchicago.org, or you can call us directly 312-788-2497, 312-788-2497. Appreciate your time, sir. Not a problem, sir. We appreciate you. Great information as always. Phenomenal brother, man. Great, great resource. Looking forward to connecting with him uh, on some things in the future. Let's take a quick break. Got some more Urban Business Roundtable coming back up for you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON, the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. My next guest uh, is the author uh, of a new book, Bitcoin and Black of America. Uh, he's co-founder of KRBE Digital Assets Group and the co-host of the Gentleman of Crypto Daily News. Uh, he's a, after learning about Bitcoins in 2013, he's become a certified Bitcoin professional, spoken at various schools and conferences across the country and featured on Yahoo Finance and Black Enterprise. I want to say good morning to my guest this morning, Mr. Isaiah Jackson. Good morning to you, Mr. Jackson. Hey, good morning. How you doing? All right. All right. Thank you for being up bright and early. You out West, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah yeah well i actually had to come out to my my bunker out uh on the east coast so i'm actually a little uh ahead of you so okay. it's all good either way, either way i'm up i'm up early usually so Man, all good. I, I appreciate it you know for many of us mr jackson um the topics of cryptocurrency and bitcoin it's either something that we associate with 
criminals in a, in a spy movie or we dismiss it because we don't understand it. Give our listening audience some basics about what Bitcoin is and, and how, how, what you're doing in respect to your work. Okay. Uh, well, let me start off by saying that uh, for your listeners, uh, the reason I wrote Bitcoin in Black America is for the reasons you said before. Most people associate it with, uh, you know, criminals or some sort of illegal activity. And the reason I wrote the book and the reason I do what I do uh, is because I feel like black people are represented in the media the same way. Uh, it's a misrepresentation. Uh, it's not accurate. And it is uh, a very, uh, you know, very detrimental thing uh, to how people view Bitcoin, uh, because Bitcoin is money. Uh, Bitcoin is, in my opinion, uh, the the ability to be sovereign, uh, the ability to control your own currency. Um, and what it is, is digital money that can be sent and received between two parties without the need of a third party, uh, without a banking uh, institution or, or financial institution. And one of the best parts about it is that it is an asset that can be stored uh, for value, sort of like gold. Um, it can be traded on the open market, um, just like any other uh, commodities or assets or stocks. And um, the, the biggest value from it is it's scarce. Uh, I think one of the biggest you know, detriments to our economic base is the printing of money that we've seen recently. Uh, I believe it's, it's been, a, you know, trillions of dollars, I think over $10 trillion printed uh, recently. Bitcoin is scarce. Uh, there's only $21 million, And recently we just had, uh, you know, an event where the supply got even less uh, while demand is going up. So uh, Bitcoin is something black people, uh, anybody, people around the world should uh, you know, involve themselves in and, and be able to move their money towards that system. Now, I apologize if my questions are, are, are remedial because I don't understand. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm learning about the topic. So what I get Absolutely. confused oftentimes is, is on one end, I hear Bitcoin describes as a, as a, as a conduit or as a form of currency, meaning that you, you and I can engage in commerce with each other and Bitcoin is the, the what we use to facilitate that transaction. And then on yeah. the other end, I hear it used as like an investment. You know, like I, when I was doing some research, I, I saw something that said one Bitcoin is worth $9,643 U.S. dollars. And so yeah. it sounds as, like as if I can actually buy it and invest in it, et cetera. So is mm-hmm. it one or the other or is it both of the same? Uh, it's both. Uh, okay. that's, the good, that's one of the best properties about Bitcoin is uh, if, if you heard of Forex, uh, like the foreign exchange market, yeah. you can your dollar, uh, the, the ruble, uh, any other currency around the world can be traded on the open market. Uh, so Bitcoin is no different because it is a currency. Now, I do want to talk about the price because I know some people listening, when you said that price of $9,600, they're like, wow, I can't buy one whole Bitcoin, right. which is fine. Because I want to make sure people understand you can buy a percentage of a Bitcoin. You can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. Uh, you mm-hmm. do not have to buy one whole Bitcoin in fact, uh, most people do not buy one whole Bitcoin, um, you know, to get into the market. You can buy $5 worth of Bitcoin, $10 worth, um, and they do the math for you. So the the advantage is buying a percentage of a scarce asset. There's only 21 million Bitcoin, 18 and a half million have already been mined. So you're buying a scarce asset uh, that's provably scarce, unlike gold, real estate, some of the other stuff. It's not provably scarce, but Bitcoin is. I want to throw a topic okay. at you from your book and want you to dig in. You you talk about that there exists a synergy between black economics, Bitcoin, and blockchain technology. Can you elaborate on, on what you mean by that? Yes, absolutely. So um, with black economics, one of the things that we've always strived for is to have an economic base 
that is, uh, you know, beneficial to us all, and we all work together. Uh, one of the only systems, or the only financial system I've seen so far is Bitcoin. The current financial system does not facilitate that. I have, I've been on this earth 31 years, and people have tried all types of different ways to raise money or to try and, uh, to try and uplift the community, and we still have the exact same median income from the 60s. So whatever people are doing has not worked simply because it's not really your fault. People are working hard. It's simply because of the economic system we're in. And Bitcoin changes that. We have the ability to build from scratch, to work as a community, and to have provable assets uh, available for us, much like the Catholic Church has gold and, and real estate. The black church can have Bitcoin, uh, you know, and that's one of the things I talk about in the book as well. A lot of uh, people who work in the industry who use Bitcoin or blockchain technology uh, can be one of the first movers in the industry. So you can have an advantage much like the Internet age in the late 90s. So as far as our economic base, where I said that synergy comes in is that this is a technology as well as a currency that can benefit us. And uh, since we're always ahead of the curve with anything anyway, we should be doing this in the financial and tech world. So that's why I said that synergy between Bitcoin and the black community is there. And so when you start talking about a, a digital revolution, you're speaking of the yeah. fact that you foresee this change and we have an opportunity right now in our community to be on the cutting edge or the beginning uh, of this whole revolution. Um, yes. Where can individuals, if they're interested in learning more about your work and they're interested in getting the book, where can they get it? Mm -hmm. at? Uh, yeah, so you can visit www.bitcoinandblackamerica.com. Uh, you can schedule a uh, meeting with myself, a quick meeting if you want to discuss some things, if you have any questions. You can also order the book and merchandise there as well. It's also available on Amazon, uh, on Kindle, uh, on Amazon as well, Bitcoin <laughs> and Black America. I just had both both my guests this morning, uh, you and Mr. Williams, both had great bios. Like, you're 31 years old, you listen to 70s, you collect 70s vinyls, and you got an affinity for fine wine at 31 years old. <laughs> and you got a, a book about bitcoins. I'm like, wow, what am I doing wrong? Hey, Mr. Oh, Jackson. Man. 31 going on 50, man. <laughs> oh, my God, my God, my brother. We, go, we, we appreciate you. I'm going to put you on hold. I want you to get my contact information from uh, the board operator and let you and I stay in contact and figure out how we can work together Absolutely. on some things. Yes, sir. God bless. Yes, sir. All right, man. Great show, as always, for uh, here on the Urban Business Roundtable. Phenomenal information. Uh, we don't get – I tell uh, Melody, uh, Melody Span Cooper all the time that an hour for the Urban Business Roundtable is not enough. We really need two hours because uh, an hour doesn't give us an opportunity to truly, truly dig into some of these topics uh, and really get into deep discussion uh, with uh, our listening audience. And also, uh, what I guess, and also I want to have an opportunity – to be able to interact a little more with our listening audience. Sometimes it's hard within an hour you you have a compressed amount of time. It's difficult to incorporate the questions you may have. So what tends to happen with the urban business Roundtable? I have a lot of listeners uh, versus callers because they're taking in the information, but sometimes you got legitimate questions that you want to ask. And I think helps with the conversation, but it's just really, really difficult to get it in in an hour. So I encourage you, to listen to our, our, our shows, uh, reach out to the different guests, reach out to me if you have questions. Uh, you're going to always subscribe to the Curtis R. Monday podcast on Apple iTunes. Uh, you can, to hear past shows, you can subscribe to the Curtis R. Monday YouTube channel. 
uh, when we put videos of the shows. Not so much now because of you know, social distancing and things of that nature, but it'll be back here in the past. it'll be back here in the future. So, I want to thank everyone for the show today. I appreciate you. I want to take a quick break when I come back at 11 a.m. with the great EJ Williams on She Flips, He Flips, where we talk about real estate investing. I appreciate you. I want every each one of you to be safe uh, and healthy. I got to get out of here. I don't do this for my first name. I do this strictly for my last name. So Chance Jordan Monday, Daddy loves you. I got to go. Say what you want to about me, but I always know I did it my way. God bless.